Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Katie Beecher with us, a licensed professional counselor in medical and emotional intuitive with more than 30 years of experience. He has a very unique way of working with clients, creating a very detailed, individual, physical, emotional, and spiritual report and symbolic painting before ever seeing them, talking with them or seeing a photograph, using only their name and age, Heal From Within, an Intuitive Guide to Wellness, Katie's first book that came out last year. Katie, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. Tell me about intuition and how you got into this. So, yeah, I mean, like so many other people, it was from an experience that at the time was absolutely horrific, and um, it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, I've always known that I had, you know, sort of strange abilities. You know, as a very little kid, I would know what other people were thinking, Um I had, you know, insights into what adults were doing that, like, I knew was wrong, and and I picked up a lot of evil and negativity, and from bullying and um, growing up in a dysfunctional family, I developed a pretty severe eating disorder and suicidal depression. I was throwing up three times a day. You know, it it was just not a good way to live, and um, I believe it was divine intervention that saved me. Because I, I had a suicide plan, you know, I was ready. And one day I just came home from school and I said, I don't want to live this way. I was 16. And I had never told anybody about anything before. And I called their pediatrician and told them what I was doing. And, you know, I said, I really need help. And so um, I, I didn't like even tell my parents. I mean, I knew they would be useless, unfortunately. Um, so he hooked me up with a Jungian therapist, Carl Jung. Um, I don't know if you've talked about him on the show before. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he saved my life. And 
from working with the Jungian therapist, um, I not only was able to heal from the eating disorder, but she taught me how to connect to my intuition. She taught me about how, you know, my, my psychic and other abilities, they weren't weird and they weren't something to be afraid of. And at that time, I had been picking up a lot of evil entities and things. And so that made me not want to connect at all with my intuition. But but she taught me how to protect myself and um, that, you know, all of this was, was safe to do. Um, and even at 16, like, I knew I was supposed to take that experience and use it to help other people. And I knew I was supposed to write my book. And so that was kind of the start of it. And then um, I became a licensed counselor and worked very intuitively. And over time, I learned that I had all these other abilities, you know, like the medical intuitive piece. Um, and I've been, been doing it ever since. Good for you. What does intuition mean to you? So it's a little bit different definition than most people use, but, um, and this again comes from Jungian, you know, Jungian philosophies. Intuition is this all-knowing force that we all have access to. You don't have to be, you know, an intuitive or anything. And I like to think of it as this best friend um, that's always with you. It's a source of unconditional love and acceptance. It knows everything about you and it totally loves you without judgment. Like kind of like, you know, your pet, it doesn't care what you're wearing or how much money you make or what you look like. It just loves you unconditionally. And when you're connected to intuition, it's kind of like having your own team. And then what you, what other people are thinking and feeling, which is so important to a lot of people, um, that becomes far less important because we kind of have that, you know, that inner love, um, and everything stems from there, and it helps us to be our most authentic self, and um, you know, it really helps us to to heal and be our healthiest. Can everybody connect with intuition, or or not? I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I I am kind of a, a non as woo-woo as I am, I'm kind of a non-woo-woo person too. Um, and I don't want people to think that it's something weird or something inaccessible. And in fact, during every session I have and in my book, um, I teach people how to connect to it. Um, but yeah, you know, we use it all the time. And it makes me sad when people think about it as weird or something like that, because we all use it. We sure do. Are there obstacles for people, though, to connect with their intuition? Um, yes, absolutely. And I think one of them is kind of like overthinking the process. So I have people who, you know, you wonder like, is this my intuition or is it just a voice in my head? Um, am I just telling myself what I want to hear? You know, what if I'm wrong? I do this thing and I'm wrong uh, and I screw it up. Um, sometimes it's about like, doubting yourself too, because maybe in the past you haven't trusted it and you feel like it hasn't been there for you, um, or you try to control the message you, you know, you receive. There's um, a technique that I'd love to share that helps save my life. And it's how I connect to intuition and what I teach people. And, um, sometimes people just ask about, um, you know, like their own agenda type stuff instead of being open to what intuition has to tell them, um, 
But I think the biggest obstacle is that we all get intuitive feelings about things. And a good example is I have people who come to me for, you know, physical or emotional stuff or whatever. And my guides will pick up that their marriage or relationship is really unhappy, you know, or they're not using their voice or they're in a job that they hate. And maybe they've known for a while that they've needed to make changes, but it's really scary. You know, you don't, you don't go from zero to a hundred overnight and there's a lot of considerations. So if you're afraid of what your intuition might be telling you, the tendency is to push it down. But what I, what I teach is just be open to whatever your intuition is telling you. And if the information resonates with you, then great, you know, without judgment. Um, it doesn't really matter if it's coming from your head or intuition because your intuition might remind you of a memory you've had that has to do with the situation you're in, or it might remind you of like, you know, a friend you have who's going through a similar thing that you can learn from. Um, and you also don't have to respond immediately to what it's saying. So, you know, you might be like, I know I need to do that. It's just very overwhelming for me right now. Um, I promise to, you know, check in with you tomorrow or whatever, but I just can't handle that right now. So I think people need to be more understanding towards themselves and be open and, and try not to fear it so much. How many people, Katie, don't accept their intuition? You know, that little voice in your head that tells you to do this or do that or don't, and people don't listen until it's too late. Yeah, I hear that so much. I hear it so much um, in all sorts of circumstances, whether it's health or relationships or, or career or just daily life. And I think that a lot of us, and I have been there, you know, um, live in a fear-based state where they're afraid to be hurt or they're afraid to be vulnerable or afraid to make a mistake or afraid to have other people see them making a mistake, you know, like looks. And so, and also, especially if you've grown up in a traumatic environment or oh. had trauma, the survival mechanism is to push your feelings down because maybe you weren't allowed to have feelings or a voice, you know, when you were little. So, and when you push your feelings down, you also end up pushing down your intuition. And I think, you know, it really does happen, happen a lot. And, um, but also when I work with people, we end up figuring out that let's say they're in, you know, an abusive relationship and they feel like I'm afraid to get out of it because, what if I don't trust my judgment and I get into another one? Um, as we talk, you know, we realize like there were so many red flags and there were so many times when you were like, wow, this is not going to work or this person's bad for me. And it wasn't that your intuition was wrong. It was that you pushed it down and didn't listen. So a lot of it's kind of, you know, retraining people on how to listen. Big time too. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. 
It's so easy to think, it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What has been one of your strangest or frightening experiences that you've encountered? Well, um, I was in college, and I went to college in Washington, D.C., and my boyfriend at the time was up in Connecticut, and um, I did not mean for this to happen at all. It was probably, you know, midnight or something, and we're on the phone. Um, all of a sudden, I could literally see the moon from outside of his window, and I realized that I was in his room and that I was having an out-of-body experience, Jeez. which had never happened to me before. Uh, unplanned, so totally unplanned, I bet. Totally unplanned. Um, I think, you know, I was still in recovery. I was learning about my abilities and learning to accept them. And so I just was kind of like, you know, he, he could sense that I was there. It was a really, it was so, so, so bizarre. And it was comfortable. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to see where this takes me. And then again, without any planning or warning, I felt myself traveling back to my body and I was attached by this silver cord. And all of a sudden this, this, the most evil I have ever felt in my entire life. It was terrifying. This creature that was like literally a monkey on my back. It was half monkey and half person or something. And it was just unbelievably evil, and it attached itself to me. And I just kept saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again, you know, to get it to release. And it seemed like an eternity. It was probably just a couple of minutes. But, um, you know, so it did leave, and I came back. And 
fortunately, I had a very open therapist to talk to. And she said, yeah, that was real. Um, Put up a lot of defenses. You know, you never want to have an experience like that again. So just kind of, you know, be careful and keep working on your recovery. But um, that was kind of awful. That could have been a disaster for you. Oh, my gosh. It was, um, yeah, it was just so, 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 so freaky. I mean, I've learned about protecting my energy now. And I've, I really believe that if you're connected with love, like if you're a good person and you're aware, um, you know, and you're not dabbling in kind of, you know, bad cult stuff, um, if you are not under the influence of drugs and alcohol, you know, if, if you're here, like, I really do believe we're all connected with love and that we are all protected. And so sometimes people, we were talking about intuition, sometimes people are afraid that if they connect with their intuition or their psychic abilities, that they're going to be open to this, this kind of evil energy. Um, and I think it's, it's something to be aware of, but I also think that we're a lot more protected and we have a lot more control over our energy than, um, than we even know. Are you, or were you ever afraid of negative entities? Very much, very much. So when I was 10 years old, I'm not sure how old you are, but when I was 10 years old, um, 206. the exorcist had come out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, same with me. Um, the exorcist had come out. And I just, I was absolutely beyond terrified whenever the song came on the radio, mm-hmm. the theme song. Um, you know, at the time, uh, you looked at the National Enquirer, all these magazines, and it was all about like demonic possession. And any thought of that, I literally was so terrified. And I had to sleep with the lights on in my room. Um, and I was just picking up what felt, again, very evil. And unfortunately, one side of my family, um, I really do feel like I'd always picked up evil from them. And so it wasn't something that I was unfamiliar with. And I just felt like I was being attacked. Um, And I think this is a cool thing for people to know because I later realized that it wasn't my imagination. And I believe that evil works through fear. And so what that fear did was cause me to push away any kind of empathic or intuitive abilities and just be afraid of them. Um, I think that through fear, anybody who is a good loving person, you don't have to be like a special healer or anything, but you know, negativity and evil um, does influence us and it influences us through fear and it, it changes our life and, and it's really disabling. There's so many people I work with who are amazing and they have great stories to share and they, you know, there's so many things and then they're kind of held back by this constant anxiety. And I really do believe some of that is evil at work, trying to keep them from helping other people. I had an animal communicator on Monday and uh, you have dealt a little bit with the animals and readings too, haven't you? Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, what have you learned very, from the animal world? Yeah, it's it's super fun um, because I feel like when I do an animal reading, it's kind of a two for one for the owner. And 
my process is that I create um, an intuitive soul painting of the animal. So it's there's different colors. Um, and even when I do my my human intuitive soul painting, um, the different colors all have meanings, the position of the colors, the position of the body parts, um, all of those have meaning. And so that's the first way that I tune in to what's going on inside of them, um, what their emotional state is like. I often learn things about, if, especially if it's a rescue, people want to know about their rescue animals. I often learn about where the animal came from and, and what those conditions were, and that can help explain some behavioral issues or just, you know, weird behaviors like people are like, why does my dog do this? This is really strange. Um, but also, I honestly believe that animals are reincarnated humans or vice versa. You might be right. There's, you might be right there. You know, um, they're so wise, especially horses are just incredible. And they're so human-like. They really, really are here to take care of their owners. I think we're kind of assigned these these animals. And the animals tell me not only so much about them, but they tell me so much about their owners because they pick up on a lot of not only emotional feelings, but also the physical feelings of their owners. So it's funny because I'll get information from the pet about the human and they're like, that is, that's like absolutely crazy. Because sometimes people are more apt to get a reading for their animal because they think, I care about my animal. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to spend the time. I almost care about the animal more than myself, you know, or they're, sure. they're afraid to hear about themselves. So the animals let me know, um, these are some of the things that my owner's going through and I want you to help them. And so it's, um, yeah, it's such a fascinating, fascinating process. Would you consider yourself psychic? I don't, you know, it's a funny term. Um, and I guess in the broad sense, um, I, I think I would. I mean, I'm definitely a medium. Um, and I definitely get, you know, when I do the readings, it's not just about health or wellness. It's also about um, helping people with their careers or helping them with, you know, what should I do next? What's my life purpose? What's the plan? Um, so it's not so much of predicting the future-ish stuff. Um, I'd like to preferably work in the now um, because we can, you know, address issues right now. It's a little harder to address them if we're thinking about something like a premonition. But I definitely do get those feelings. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a pretty broad stroke in terms of um, skill sets. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, 
one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.